right, a Wednesday edition of Locked On Syracuse. Kind of a somber edition, unfortunately. Tim Leonard, Tyler Rocky, as always, we are here with you every single weekday. The only place to get your daily Orange podcast here as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can also find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. Good time to give us a follow. Stay updated on all the constant reports that are coming through Twitter right now. Another- Hot and heavy, Tim. Everyone, yeah. it feels like, I mean, yesterday it was boom, boom, boom. And yeah, then it's like an arms get, race. All, yeah, you really, every conference was doing something yesterday. Yeah. Every single one of them. And every college football journalist is not sleeping and somehow, I mean, they're Think just about the constantly... sourcing that goes on with all those yeah. people. Constantly, constantly texting. All right, ADs, coaches, uh, university presidents, other sources within these universities. That is a right. nonstop news cycle. That is a grind right there. So shout out to all you guys. I mean, I'm talking Pete Thamel. I'm talking Nicole Auerbeck. I'm yeah. talking, I mean, all of these people are just grinding away. So shout out to all of you guys. Yeah, Pete Thamel, the former SU guy, was the guy who broke Big Ten, which, just to be clear with everyone, we're recording this at around 8.45 Eastern time here on Tuesday night. So as far as we know right now, there is some really bad news and then I guess some good news in terms of what the ACC and the SEC said. But the bad news, of course, most of you know, Big Ten, Pac-12 have canceled their seasons. We... Sort of expected that when we talked on the podcast last time, last night, and I think the only thing I didn't really expect was the Pac-12, we should note, is canceling or postponing their season and not playing any sports in the year 2020. They're pushing it all back in terms of games in the year 2020, and they've come out, and that now affects men's basketball and women's basketball and some winter sports. So not only just fall sports, Big Ten just said, no fall sports, Pac-12 or Pac-10 is now saying, yeah, we're not going to have any non-conference basketball games until at least January. And And I wonder if that gets changed later on, because let's say college basketball sees the absolute you-know-what show that's going on with college football right now and says, okay, maybe we can craft together some sort of bubble here. Try to figure yeah. out some scenario where we can make this happen and everything becomes a conference-only slate. Right, and that has been Then maybe that's where about. things change. The only thing is the Pac-12 commissioner, who I'm forgetting his name right now, did say in the statement is that it like came Larry out, Scott? Yeah, some, yeah that, sounds, that sounds right. We'll go with that. Larry Scott. And whoever it is, he is the commissioner. He said um, in his statement that there is no way to do college sports in a bubble. It's not professional sports. And he kind of made that clear that he thinks in the atmosphere of a populated college campus, COVID-19 can actually spread more frequently. So that's just worth noting that that's how the Pac-12 feels. I would say the Pac-12 came out very firmly in, in the sense that it's almost like when you read the Pac-12 statement, yeah, the Pac-12 now, seems like they don't want to play. The Big Ten seemed like, okay, we we are aware of everything going on, and we have no problem being first, but we don't really want to do this. The Pac-12 feels like they want to, to axe this thing into the ground. Yeah, well, I mean, I hope that's not the case, of course, but their language was definitely more like, yeah, this was never really even an, 
in consideration. Yeah, and apparently, for us. Larry Scott, who was pr- the players and and some other people within the Pac-12, were on a call with him, and apparently, he seemed very dismissive about playing this season. And yeah. to me, that's a little concerning from the leadership. Let's let's be honest. The leadership has failed every single one of these kids yeah. because whether or not the the safety protocol is in place right now, it could have been. And and you and I have talked about this, how we could and should be seeing college football right now. But because there was no plan in place and pretty much everyone just kind of wished this would not be an issue by the time we got to the Labor Day period, that that's that's all gone out the window. And the fact that leadership didn't have a plan in place is a problem. Look at the NHL. Look at the NBA. They had a plan in place. And, and even MLB, they didn't have a plan in place, and they still got this thing off the <laughs> ground and going. Yeah. So when you look at the NBA and the NHL, once their season got axed, they knew that, okay, we might have to get creative at some point. We should have some bullets in the chamber that we're not afraid to fire if push comes to shove. Push came to pretty hard shove. And they had a plan ready. They executed it. And it's really gone off without a hitch. Zero problems across either of those leagues so far. That being the NBA and the NHL. So Yeah. But it's just... And college college athletics failed because they, while they have this governing body in the NCAA, they don't really do anything. I think that's what we've kind of learned about the NCAA during this entire process. They don't really do much. No, changes have to come and changes are coming. I think this will spearhead some of that stuff. Honestly, I could see the Power Five breaking away from the NCAA. And I know Kirk Herbstreit has talked about that, and I even heard him talk about that today after the initial news comes out. So anyway, we can that's all stuff we get to maybe later on as this all sort of fizzles out. But the important thing now, and as far as we know right now, the Big 12 is... Yeah, this is just coming across the wire now. Big 12 plans to play in 2020. That's the plan for now. So that's what we expected when we started this. These reports are coming out, and the Big 12 was very up in the air. We knew how the ACC and SEC felt. We knew how the Big 10 and the Pac-12 felt. The Big 12 has been Switzerland, as I joked about yesterday, and I think even the day before that, on the podcast. And they're the linchpin to this entire operation because – once the Big 12 goes down, you see all these reports that the ACC will follow suit. Ross Dellinger said, sources also tell Pat Forday and I, this is a guy from SI.com, that ACC presidents have been in constant communication with counterparts in the Big 12 to gauge their plans. If the Big 12 were to join the Pac-12 and Big 10 in canceling a 2020 fall season, the ACC would feel compelled to do the same. And other reports have come out that the SEC really need the Big 12 to stay committed so that they have not just the ACC on their side, but also the Big 12. And by all accounts, it looks like they're going to, as you just said in those reports, it looks like they're going to push forward here. And to me, that almost means that we're going to make it through the week and we're going to keep going in this weird world of three power team three power conference teams and some other group of fives that have kind of already come out like the Sun Belt and said they're intertwined with the SEC and what they want to do the AAC is still holding firm so it's a weird time and and I don't really know what it means for the ACC I would say obviously this is still a tough day for the chances of ACC playing football but the fact that they're still pushing forward and they 
looks like got the Big 12 to kind of join their camp with the SEC. It seems like this is not going to go away in the next coming days in my eyes. And I feel like the way that the Big 10 and the Pac-12, and listen, at the end of the day, they might ultimately be right in canceling their season as early as they did. And everything now that goes on after is just holding out for the inevitable. But I think that the way that they did it was a touch irresponsible. I, I, and I've been saying this for, I feel like, since June. There's no point in axing things early. You, you've got the time. Why not use it if you can? And I think that's where the ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC have done, in a, to a degree, they, they've done it the right way. At least buy yourself a little time. You do have a little time. See what it's like when the, the students are intermingled into the campus. Maybe there's something, again, we learn new stuff about this virus every single day. Yeah. Maybe there is something that, that there's some short-term research that can lead you to believe some different things. So while I still think ultimately this season does not go off, I think just give it a little time, let these ecosystems blend uh, of students and, and athletes, and you might see some more problems arise. But... I do think this was not carried about the right way. I I, I think that was an early axe for some of these schools, or these conferences, rather. And these these athletes, I mean, you feel bad for them. And I I, I get their frustration, especially some of them that were fringe draft picks or or looking to, to maybe create a career out of literally these next, what, four or five months. And yeah. that that's now going to be an impossibility for many of them, and we'll see what goes from there. But I think it was a, a touch irresponsible to, to ax it right away. But again, I, I stand steadfast in the belief that these seasons still are not going to go off. The ACC, the SEC, the Big 12, and all those other sporadic conferences as well, they're, they're probably going to eventually follow suit with the Big Ten and the Pac-12, but I think that they're playing this the right way. They're being a little more cautious with it and trying to see if there is a way that we can do this. All right, let's pause for just a second. Got to remind you guys about the best place to maintain and repair your car right now. That's by going online, not to the auto store and dealing with the hassle. You go online, you go to rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers today. They have everything you could possibly want. It is extremely easy to use in and out in literally five minutes. You don't have to sign in and create an account or anything like that. And it is the same exact interface that you would get from the guy that's behind the desk once you go to the auto store. So why worry about going to the auto store just so that they can order the part and then tell you got to come back on a certain date and then you got to be wondering when it is coming. You remove all that, you go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Again, put Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. The timing of it it just screams unorganization. The timing of when they axed it, because I agree with you. I think all these power conferences still, unfortunately, are all going to come to the same conclusion, and we're probably not going to see any football in the fall, unfortunately. But just the fact that the Big Ten 
released a schedule literally what four or five days ago i think it was on friday last week i mean that's the thing that we've always said too is what what does this country do so well they sell the idea of hope and i mean that that's that's hope salesmanship number rule number one right there boom put out a schedule make it look like you've got some sort of plan in place and that's what they did that they bought themselves a little time with the hope that they purchased and that that's what they were doing right there that's what all these conferences were doing and really the only thing that has changed since friday is this rare heart condition that is now you're seeing reports from Nicole Arbach in The Athletic that it was, I think, 10 players have been linked to it. From... Yeah, in the Big Ten only. Yeah, in the Big Ten only. Yeah, so... we don't know the num- if, if there are numbers in other conferences. We don't know. But 10 in the Big Ten is yeah. the number right now. It is, it is kind of like a predictable point to where we've gotten to that, and I hope people don't take this as a political thing or anything of that nature, but... Like the SEC is, they, it's just, it's sort of funny to me that we're, we've gotten to the point where the SEC is like, nah, we're pushing forward because isn't that kind of predictable that we would get to this point where somehow the SEC, because that's the big question for me is how do the SEC medical experts have evidence that says, yeah, we should push forward. Yeah. Again, this is where these kids have been failed is that they're be they're being given a hundred different ideas. I mean, why, yeah. why is, why is the big tens research better than the ACC's research or, or, or the vice Pac-12, versa where, yeah, it's, it's, these kids are being given an unfair shake right now. And uh, when you look at that, that's why, I mean, we're, we're literally seeing before our eyes why the NCAA is just sitting on their hands right now, because that's who should ultimately be making these sort of decisions. They should be the ones handing down these medical documents and saying, all right, this is what we're seeing, all right? And this is how all of you are going to react. Tell your respective schools. That's right. what these conference commissioners should be. They shouldn't be the ones making these decisions on this sort of level. They should be the ones working for the TV deals and maybe if there's realignment with conferences and stuff like that, that's what those commissioners should be there for. This is an NCAA issue because this it affects is. all your athletes. And at the end of the day, this is clearly a, a bottom line move because what's to say that this, I mean, we, we already know that all these other sports and all these other conferences have been canceled for the fall, whether, I mean, ACC, Big Ten, the, the soccers, the volleyballs, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I do want to mention That's all that. axed. It's, I, right. If, if you're axing it for them, what makes it safer for these football players than it does for the soccer players? there's nothing and and that's that's where it shows that it comes down to the bottom line yeah i mean they axed them all at the same time i i I do think we should mention football is king and that's why we're it is king and and listen football football does have the 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 dollars and cents to provide for the the situation to to put yourself in a situation where you can potentially get this thing to go and my question is how have the pac-12 governing bodies presidents commissioners come to the conclusion that oh yeah i mean the evidence says for us that we can't even play basketball this year and we already know that and they're not talking great about spring football like they're basically saying we're going to try to play in the spring which another topic we can get into down the road i don't think that's happening either right but how can the pac-12 be so i mean 
even the language that the Big Ten used is it made it abundantly clear in our research that this was not an option. And it seems like the Big Ten had been thinking about this and the Pac-12 had really been thinking about this. And then they were like, okay, one has gone. Now we can go in two. And it was kind of a follow the leader type of thing. But how is their research so different from SEC, ACC? And I will say, when the ACC, if they push forward and we see games out of the ACC and the SEC and the Big 12, and that's just, there's that in, in the fall in terms of college football, they better have some good answers for, and they better be ready to talk on the record and go in detail on why their well, evidence I think is different. This is where it comes down to is at least the sentiment that I'm getting from the statements that are being put out and, and from Kevin Warren's appearance on BTN that I saw earlier today is that there is too much that we don't know. And so we don't want to venture off into the unknown, into the abyss of, of what could come and endanger our athletes in that. We'd rather We'd rather not shoot now and ask questions later. Whereas the SEC, the ACC, and the Pack or and the Big Twelve, they're kind of sitting in the foliage of, okay, we don't know now. Hopefully, we will know in two weeks, in three weeks, or we'll have more information that can make us have a more educated guess. Because again, just because the Big Ten or the Big Twelve, the ACC, and the SEC are saying we're planning on going forward doesn't necessarily mean that, boom, we're going off on, on September 12th and, and we're playing games. The, like We won't know until they actually take the field on September 12th or, or whatever the respective dates are across these different conferences. So yeah. I, that's the way that I see it right now is the big, the big 12, the ACC, and the SEC are searching for that information that could arise between now and when they start playing. The Big Ten and the Pac-12 are saying we've got enough information to say no or we've got, we don't have enough information and I don't think we're going to get said information in time. So let's not even waste our time. Yeah, so, and I agree with that. I mean, take the time. It is a little, like, weird and, and I mean, sort of frustrating that we're, we'll still have no answers by the end of the week. But if that means we get to an outcome where they feel like it's safe to play football, I'm all for it. I I want it to happen. Okay, one last quick break here, and then we'll wrap up today's Wednesday edition of the podcast. But before we do that, got to tell you about Built Bar. They are back. Our favorite protein bars that somehow taste like a candy bar. Tyler and I have been downing these the past couple months in the quarantine. They are just a great way to cap off a workout because they've got all the great things for you high protein, high fiber, and it's somehow low calories, low sugar, low fat. It is literally a candy bar that is somehow healthy for you. Great for a health conscious guy. Great for someone who's trying to lose or maintain weight. And honestly, just something that motivates you to do a workout. I know I was struggling with that, and it's a nice treat at the end, a great way to really cap off a good workout. So go to BuiltBar.com today. You will not regret buying these boxes of protein bars they have all kinds of great flavors as well you can pick out your own customizable box and if you use our promo code locked on you get ten dollars off that first box which can go a long way so use the promo code locked on for ten dollars off your first order of built bar today at builtbar.com 
it, it does feel like to me, and I don't know how you feel about this, that this is probably going to quiet down now a little bit. It'll still be us getting reports from these journalists saying this is how the Big 12 is leaning. This is what their concerns are. This is what the ACC, because the ACC is meeting tomorrow for their weekly meeting, and which I guess is today when you listen to this podcast, and they will go over what the Pac-12's medical data was and what their findings were. And I think we'll get some sort of evidence from that on maybe where they're leaning. Reports will start to leak out. These college journalists are still going to be all over it. But I don't think we'll get a decision until... Because now, I mean, if you're really going to wait, wait. I mean, wait for these a week or two to go by so that you see the results of how these colleges and these students getting back on campus is going. So we could be in kind of a limbo period for a little bit here, right? I, yeah, I will say this, and I think you're, you're dead on there with the, that we're going to see a little bit of a lull here, at least for a week. And then we'll see what happens when, when students are, are back in school. I think I saw what Syracuse had eight Corona cases yeah. at the, the university from today alone. So that's another situation to monitor there because if that starts to get out of hand, then then you're really in trouble. And once you start letting all these students back on campus, again, that's kind of been the MO of what we've been talking about all week. I mean, we said yesterday, and, and I think the day before that too, watch UNC, NC State, Notre Dame. See what happens with those schools, and that'll give you a little bit of an idea of how these universities are getting this situation under control right now. Because if the students and, and and again, the best way to do this is with no students on campus. If there's no students on campus, I think we're playing football no matter what. And, and I still don't necessarily understand why these large groups of students are reconvening in campuses. But that's a whole nother topic. And yeah, if there's no students on campus and these football players, you, you get enough guys to, to feel the roster. They're playing football. Like right. there, there's no, no doubt about that in my mind. And I think that's the best way for this to really go off, especially without a hitch. So I, I think that that's all interesting. And, and I will say this, while I, I do think these, these conferences are failing these kids, I don't necessarily think these athletic departments are because I think we're talking about two separate branches of the school. Because if you ask every athletic department what they want to do, they're probably going to tell you they want to play. And if you ask every president, at least in the schools that have already or in the conferences that have already canceled, they're going to tell you that they don't want to play. And that's why the decisions are where they are. But I I saw with Ohio State, and I'm going to assume that most schools are going to follow suit with this, but none of the players are being sent home, quote-unquote. They're not just going to be left on campus or, or, or sent back to, to their hometowns. But they're going to be opening their facilities. You're, they're still going to have all the amenities that these players usually get. Um, it looked like there was some added branches for mental health and stuff like that. So hats off to you, Ohio State. I'd expect a number of other programs to follow suit with that. I think yeah. I even saw what Michigan didn't even ring the bell. They, they were still practiced even after <laughs> yeah, the, I did see that. the, uh, I think the decision was made in the Big Ten. Yeah. Oh, it was Wisconsin also a part of that crowd, too? I think too? so, yeah, well, which the, is yeah, kind of wild. Yeah, but um, yeah. They're, they're still planning. And 
Listen, all, all this talk about, what, Nebraska maybe going and playing somewhere else, I don't think that's going to happen. That just is too complicated, and life is already complicated enough for all of these conference commissioners. So if you want to start picking off teams to, to join and choose. I mean, Purdue came out and said, we are a part of the Big Ten. Yeah. And Ohio basically State we're going to do – Yeah, we're going to do what the Big Ten is doing. So with that in mind, I, I think that's – that's uh, an interesting, um, a whole interesting component of, of what's been going on. And I, I salute the people in the athletic department at Ohio State for doing that. Yeah, you do have to laugh. And obviously, this is a serious topic and we're on it as much as anyone else. But some of this stuff has been kind of funny. You see, like people tweeting Nebraska schedule. I saw it today. Someone tweeted and it was at Liberty versus Liberty at Liberty versus Liberty, like just <laughs> stupid stuff like that. Or, um, it was, uh, you know, those office memes or I guess videos that are going around where they put on everyone's Michael pointing Scott's at each head. other. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's the yeah, big yeah. 12. Some of those have been really funny. The Ricky Bobby Talladega nights one was really mm-hmm. good. And I think Reddit, uh, CFB has been kind of on top of, some of those so at least there there's some stuff that we can laugh at i do want to mention too um real quick and then we can get into sort of uh what some of these quotes were today from chris elmore and tommy devito because they did speak before all this kind of hit the fan but still a couple noteworthy things but um another thing to note is like north carolina came out today they said they have had zero positive tests in the last month louisville tested 100 football players on tuesday zero positive results Pittsburgh has not had any in over a month now. Yeah. Virginia, not any since July 24th. Boston College had zero during its last round of testing. Syracuse won't release because they're a private school, but Dino says they're in the top four, in the final four. So Yeah, and you just you just mentioned, what, three, four schools right there. So it's got to be in that ballpark, if not right. better. Probably yeah, I mean, that, better if it's, if it's in, in the top four. Of, yeah. of those situations right there. And again, those are all great numbers now. What are they going to be like in a week, two True. weeks, three that's weeks? That's why we wait. That, that's why you yeah, wait. That, yeah. That's what I, I don't care what the numbers are right now because those are largely meaningless. Unless they're through the roof positives right now, then that's a problem. But yeah. a, a low number right now means very little to me. I want to see a low number in a week or two, maybe three. And if it's still low then, then I'm going to be impressed. And then I'm going to start to really think that this thing can happen. Yeah. All right. Quickly, before we get out of here, um, what stood out to you from Chris Elmore's quotes and Tommy DeVito? Because I thought Chris Elmore was was pretty open when yeah. he talked on Zoom today. With Elmore, I was uh, it showed that this is a, a real issue that comes across these players minds. And I yeah, I, I think the best way you, you put it best right there was that this was this, he was very open. And he says, just going through a couple of these things, the decision to to opt out was something that definitely ran across my mind. But after he he consulted with his family a little bit more, then he said, "All right, I'm I'm gonna play." And I mean, this I think this is the big one that pretty much every single college athlete that wants to go to the next level but isn't sure if they can make it. This yeah. is what they are grappling with right now. This season could be a make or break for me to see if I can go to the next level or not. And he ultimately said the risk of getting COVID was was lower than the possible reward of maybe I go to the NFL and 
can work my way into to a lineup as a fullback, or maybe I, I, I switch sides to the defensive tackle and, and can make my bread that way too. And that that listen, your dream out outweighed that that part of it right there. So that's something all of these players are grappling with. And I think another thing that they also said is, listen, from a teammate perspective, all I can do is respect their decision to opt out. They're grown men. They make their decisions. There should be no judgment in this circle of if you're opting out, if you're opting in, it's your decision at the end of the day. It's your life. You live it the way you want to. You make your own decisions. You're you're an 18 to 22-year-old kid. You You can make decisions like that, I think. And I, I think that especially for these kids that are maybe close to going to the NFL and they don't know and need this season, this is once again where the NCAA has done a huge disservice to these kids is they haven't made any sort of situation clear to them about what's going to happen to their eligibility. Because, yeah. hey, let's say I know I'm going to get a red shirt year out of this, then maybe that changes the whole mindset of things and you don't risk it this year. And you come back when you feel safe because that's ultimately where the NCAA is doing these kids wrong in that regard, those fringe kids. I know you see the the commercial all the time and the statistic. It's what, like 1% of, of these players actually end up going and playing pro. So you're doing a disservice to that, that 1%. And yeah, listen, for the 1% that actually do go pro, there's another like, probably five to ten that think they can go pro and you're doing a disservice to those five to ten percent totally it's a tough day and and i really feel for those athletes i thought it was cool that those guys hopped on a zoom call though and syracuse has been great this week in terms of we heard from dino and now we've heard from two athletes and real quick i i saw taj harris tweeted now i think it was two days ago and i just wanted to say this before we go he, he tweeted lord you know my mother working three jobs still right. and mm-hmm. the heartbroken emoji and then i need this season i mean that that hurts when you read stuff like that because it's it's all the work those kids have put in and i i feel bad but also i understand what some of these conferences or why they've come to these decisions so we'll we'll keep monitoring it we'll see if we're talking college football tomorrow i would imagine we'll talk at least some of it because more news will be coming out and we'll see what if the big 12 officially releases their schedule which could already be out by the time you're listening to this and also we got plenty of recruiting news on the back burners once this all dies down to get to syracuse has been hot on the trails basketball wise so we'll catch you all up on that once we get to it but thanks for listening as always for tyler i'm tim and we'll talk to you guys on thursday